Spirit just wants us to get one truth today. It's good when there's just one thing we need to get that's easy to remember. One thing, and it's this, is that God loves and uses people with problems. Remember it said that if you have problems, just get in line to serve God. Because everybody that God used in the Bible, almost without exception, if you were to look at them, you'd say they were not qualified and they had all sorts of problems, but yet God loved them and He used them. And, and, and you know, that one video earlier said, you know, what, what, did, what did it say about that, that uh, the march of the, the Christian army is the march of the unqualified. In and of ourselves, we're unqualified. All of us have problems. Is there anybody in here that doesn't have problems? I mean, you know, imperfections, flaws, we all do. You know, you have to be very careful because the devil will come and lie to you with thoughts saying that, you know, you're not qualified, you're not good enough. Think about what you did years ago. Think about what you did yesterday. You know, on it goes. And he tries to get you to think that you're just, you know, you're not good for anything and that you, know, you can never be used by God. But what, what we want to get through, through to you today is that no matter what you've done, no matter how you've missed it, God loves you and he wants to use you. And so uh, let's, I just have one scripture, uh, just a few verses, and then we're going to do something a little different here today. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26 says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus... Who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. You see, in and of ourselves, we're not qualified. But God chooses the unqualified and qualifies them. Okay? And that's really what those verses are saying. And so what I want to do, a little something different is I want to look at some Bible characters, and you've already had a real good review, two videos at the beginning and then right before I got up here, that that's going to help you with what we're going to do, because today, it's just repetition, it's the seed of learning. God wants you to get one thing here today, and it's that God uses people with problems. And I, and I qualify, how about you? Okay? So... We're going to just play a little, little, have a little quiz here. I won't call on anybody, but uh, if you think you know the answer, raise your hand and don't answer until I call on you, okay? Can, can, we, can we do that? But I won't, I won't call on anybody unless you raise your hand. I didn't like that when I was teaching, when, the teacher, when I was a student and the teacher would call on me. Did, does anybody like that? 
you know, now, but if I'm sitting there like Arnold Harshak, how many's ever heard of Arnold? You know, oh, 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 you know, now it's okay to call on that person because they've probably got something to say. So don't worry if you don't, don't raise your hand, I won't call on you, but don't answer and raise your hand and I'll call on you. But let's just see if you can, I'm going to call some things out here describing a person in the Bible and you need to tell me who this person is, okay? Can we do that? Now, what's the point here? God uses what kind of people? People with problems. Now, who is this person with problems? This person served false gods, partially obeyed God, told half-truths. You know, a half-truth is a whole lie. So let's say another way, this person was a liar. This person drifted away from the place God wanted them to be. This person had sexual relations with his wife's maid at his wife's advice. Laughed at God's promise yet was a tither and tithed on all his increase. And I think Karen had her hand up first. Abraham, the father of faith. Think about that. Served false gods. And then God called him out of that. Then he partially obeyed God. He told half-truths. He drifted away from the place God wanted him to be. He had sexual relations with his wife's maid, which is still causing problems in the Middle East even to this day. He laughed at God's promise. He, he was a tither, but God used him. And uh, he had faith in God, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And God credited that faith as righteousness. And he's known today as the father of faith. So you see, God took somebody with a whole bunch of problems that those three interviewers up there probably would never use or hire. And God used that person and now he's known as the father of faith. God uses what kind of people? People with problems. This should encourage you today. Here's another one. This person with problems, he took the possessions of his brother... Took the possessions of his father-in-law. His name meant schemer or deceiver. Yet he had one of the closest encounters with God in the entire Bible. I think Jeff had his hand up first. Jacob. And his name was changed to Israel, which means Prince of God. And that name God uses, his people are named by the name of Israel. So think of that, a person with all these problems, and uh, it's interesting when you study into this, this fella here, he, he, uh, his name meant deceiver, and I'll say this, his name really meant shyster, have you ever heard, he was a little shyster, he was, you know what I mean by that, that I think that's a good German word for he was... He's a shyster. You know what I mean? You do, do want to do business with him. And, and he went around deceiving people. 
And finally, God appeared to him in a dream, and he had a, an encounter like a wrestling match with the Lord. And finally, he, God asked him, he said, what's your name? And finally, he admitted, I'm a little shyster. And once he admitted it, God changed his name and used him greatly. There's no reason to try to hide things from God. Let's just admit we've got some problems, all of us. And just be honest with the Lord. And Lord, you know, he's a little shyster. I mean, think about that. And most people wouldn't use him. But God took that little shyster, changed his name to Israel. And God's people are known by that name even to this day. See, God can use people with problems. Now, who's this person? Accomplished one of the largest building projects in the Bible. Got drunk after the building project was completed. Is known as a preacher of righteousness. Gene? Er, not right. Sorry. Yeah, that one got you. Okay, think Trina. Noah. Noah. Think about that. Noah. He built the ark. Isn't that a big building project? One of the build, biggest building projects in the Bible. And then after the flood, he got drunk. Now, some people argue that he did it on purpose. Some people argue that, that because of the change in the, in the, with the flood and afterwards, that it changed the, the grape structure or something. And he, and he sounds like an excuse that somebody would make for getting drunk. You know, I got drunk here, but it was because of the flood and the change in the atmosphere. But some people argue it that way. But nonetheless, the man got drunk. But God used him greatly, didn't he? And he's known in the scripture as a preacher of righteousness. Hope I didn't offend you when I gave you the buzzer there. All right, you're going to... I have a few more of these. So we'll... Okay, you're going to... You're gonna, okay, so, who, so that was Noah. So God used this man with problems. Okay. This should be encouraging all of us. That God can, if he can use these people, he could use us. Here's one. This person committed murder. You got a lot of them there. Got very, very angry and displayed that anger. was slow of speech and had low self-esteem. Low, very low self-esteem. And then this person disobeyed God and messed up one of the major Old Testament types, which you don't fool with God's types. I mean, he types in the Old Testament, but this fella... He got so angry that he, he uh, messed up one of God's major Old Testament types. All right, we're going to go to this young man who is 14 years old today. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Thomas. Happy birthday to you. And many more. Cha-cha-cha. Now, I've never sung happy birthday to anybody, so you should feel... I mean, in, in, here in, in the pulpit, so...
So there you go. Okay, so who was this person with problems? Moses. Moses. Now, remember he murdered that, that uh, Egyptian? And, and, he, and he knew what God called him to do, but he got out in front of God? Has anybody ever got out in front of God and got out in front of God's timing? And, and, and he, he, he messed up the timing you know, the devil will come and say, well, you missed that opportunity. God can never use you now. That's just a lie. Moses messed up. He missed God's timing. Now, he got angry. He got angry more than once. He did have a short fuse. But yet he's known as God's deliverer. And God chose him to, to deliver Israel out of Egyptian bondage. Here's another one. Let's see here. Now, that's going to be too easy if I give you that first. So let's try this one here. One of Jesus' human ancestors. Did you ever see Name That Tune? Anybody ever see Name That Tune? I can name that tune in five notes. I can name it in four, three, and then you get down to one note, you know? And then, ding, how are you going to get it? How are you going to get, you know, one of, how are you going to get that? You ever seen Name That Tune? It's been a long time ago. I could never get a song with just one note. Ding. So I need a little more than that. So I did see a hand go up, though, on this one. One of Jesus' human ancestors. What? Now, if you get this with just that one little, because there's a bunch of them. So who do you think it is? No. Eh. Was she okay, Chris? No. But 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 David was, and John the Baptist was a was a, a cousin. David certainly. All right, Gene. Uh, well, yes, but not this one who I had. Uh, so let me give you a little bit more. <laughs> Well, I just gave you one. I, you need another clue. Here's another one. Ready? According to rabbinic, rabbinic tradition, according to tradition, one of the four most beautiful women in the world and was also the ancestor of eight prophets. No? I've got to see the hand up and sustain because I'm seeing hands go up and then coming back down. I've got to, okay, Gene. No. All right, anybody else? Okay, let me give you a little bit more. So one of Jesus' human ancestors, according to rabbinic tradition, one of the four most beautiful women in the world and also the ancestor of eight prophets. So you're saying, what's the problem with this person? What's the problem with that? There's no problems yet. Okay, ready? The harlot, the prostitute of Jericho. Uh, yeah, you can't answer until I call on you. Okay. Uh, yeah, Rahab, the harlot, the prostitute. And then my next clue was hid the spies. So here, so what do we have here? We've got a person that's got some good things on her list. But she's a harlot, 
a prostitute, hid the spies, Rahab. And hiding the spies was, was not a problem, but she was a harlot. Now, most people would say she's not qualified. She can never be used. But yet she was used by God, and she's one of the human uh, ancestors. of Jesus was born of a virgin, but, you know, so he didn't have a human father, but, uh, but he had a human mother. And so, so Ruth was in his lineage. So isn't that something that God would use a prostitute? But she didn't say a prostitute. That's what you'd have to remember. She did, these people, they messed up. But the thing you've got to remember, they didn't stay in the messed up condition. They repented and they changed. Now, some of these people, like Moses a while ago, when he committed murder, that was really before he started following God. But yet, after he'd been following God for a long time, and he was at the near the end of his ministry, that's when he disobeyed God and messed up one of his greatest types. You see what I'm saying? And so God, even though these people messed up and they had problems, they would repent and they would change and God would, would, would forgive them and greatly use them. You understand? So God uses problem people. Here's another one. We just, just a few more. Are you enjoying this? Is something different today? Diane, you can answer if you want, if you know one of these. You can play too. Okay. This person, uh, also one of Jesus' human ancestors. I'm not going to get any takers that, on that one. <laughs> Adam. This person disguised herself as a harlot and offered herself for sexual relations to her father-in-law, and, and whose name was Judah, and committed incest. Dorothy Tamar. Now, she's not a real popular one that you hear about all the time, but Tamar, a lady of the Bible, and was, was, was a prostitute. But yet God still used her and put her in the lineage of Jesus. God uses people with problems. Now, let's see here. Here's... One, this person here watched pornography, committed adultery as a result, and committed accessory to murder, and had one of his most trustworthy servants murdered to cover up his sin. He was oblivious to his sin. And when his sin was pointed out to him, he still couldn't see it. And he, he said, well, whoever would commit a sin like that needs to, be, needs to be put to death. Yet the Bible says he knew his covenant with God. Does anybody know who that is? Yes, sir, Bob. That one's David, King David, the man. And listen what the Bible says about this guy. The man who was after God's own heart. Now, we're not condoning watching pornography. We're not condoning committing adultery. We're not condoning murder. Do you understand that? That's not what this message is all about. What this message is about is telling you that these people were really messed up. And even after they were, and it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't, just before they got came to the Lord, is after they were serving God for a long time, they messed up. You understand that? 
But God still, and the thing you need to remember, these people repented. They, they, like David, when, when Nathan the prophet came to him and pointed out his sin, David couldn't see it at first, but once, once you know, Nathan had to finally just you slap him in the face, so to speak, and say, you're the man, you're the one that's done this. And then when David saw it, he repented. And you could read Psalm 51 sometime and see how he repented before God. And God immediately forgave him and continued to use him. Let me tell you something else. Uh, who was the lady that he committed adultery with? Anybody remember? Uh, yes. Bathsheba. There you go. Yay for Jesus. You got that one right. Okay. Well, I, you're doing good. But here's something I wanted to read to you. Bathsheba was, all, now listen to this, was also a natural ancestor of Jesus. You need to realize this. If you go over and read the genealogies of the Lord Jesus in the New, in the, in the New Testament there, there's one given in Matthew and one in, 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 in Luke, and there's a reason for that. But anyway, for, remember, he didn't have a natural father, but yet they did trace it down through Joseph. But I won't get into that. But listen to this. Four women are mentioned as Jesus' ancestors in his genealogy. We've already talked about two of them that had problems, right? I think, I think God, well, let me just read this. Ruth was the other woman mentioned in Jesus' genealogy. No character, now this woman, Ruth, she did not have any character flaws. But listen to this, she was born under a curse. Because she was a Moabite and the law of God shut her out of the congregation of God. The law prohibited her from going to church, so to speak. But, but it's interesting as you study into it, what the law shuts out, God's grace and mercy opens the door to and accepts. Can you say amen to that? So, and I'm convinced that God pointed out and put, actually put these, these women in Jesus' genealogy and had them recorded to, to simply, you know, because pedigree is so important as you study the Bible. The pedigree, the pedigree of somebody. And even today, you know, the pe- you know what I mean when I say pedigree? The, the, your, your ancestry, you know, and, and uh, I think your ancestry goes back to Davy Crockett, doesn't it, somewhere? Somewhere on one side or the other? That's what they say, okay. But, you know, so, I mean... Wouldn't it be nice if I could say, you know, my ancestry went back to, let's pick something, Abraham Lincoln. You know, that'd be good. But, but it, you know, I wouldn't want to say that my ancestry went back to somebody that was a known prostitute. Right? Did you get what I just said? That wouldn't be good, would it? But yet, yet God put these women, and some of them prostitutes, he used them, they repented, God used them, and he put them in the list. He used them as, as, as uh, people in Jesus' lineage, because see, God's not ashamed of these people. He loves them. They repented, they had problems, but he used them anyway. Let's do a few more of these. Uh, this person here started out humble. God appeared to this person twice. And he still messed up. He was the first son of a king of Israel. 
He built a great temple for God. Karen, Solomon. But listen to this. Now, now listen to this. This was after that. You got, you got to listen to this. After all that wisdom that God gave him, God appeared to him twice through his life there, you know, early on and then again. But listen to this. God used him to build that great temple and so forth. Now, this guy had 700 wives and 300 concubines. Now, that's problems right there. I mean, you know, you know that. Now, you need to understand this. It was never God's will to ever have more than one wife at a time. You understand that? You, I, I'm not going to take the time, but I can, can go in the Bible and show you that. Now, why did, why did this happen? It was not in the will of God. But it messed him up. It messed Solomon up because God warned him not to do it. He did it anyway. And you wonder what a concubine is. Is much we could say, but one thing is just another woman there to have sexual relations with. So you see, uh, and, and uh, there was other reasons for them. But the thing of it is, is that God warned him not to do this. And when Solomon got older, now listen to this. This is the, the man who at one time asked God for just, God appeared to him and said, what can I do for you? And he said, give me wisdom. Remember that? Had great wisdom. But these wives and concubines turned his heart from God. And Solomon got to the point where he approved of these these. What these women did is they came in and they wanted to worship false gods. And Solomon got to the point where these women turned his heart. And he began building temples and building, building uh, altars. and Not temples, but altars and whatnot to these false gods. Solomon. We're talking about the wisest man other than Jesus, our Lord, in the whole Bible. And God warned him. Solomon, and you could go study it and see it, he built temples to false gods and he worshipped, he forsook God and he began worshipping these false idols. What would you think of me if I brought a statue of, of uh, Buddha in here and bowed down to it? What would you think? It would what? What do you mean? You'd be out of here, but God would not leave me. He'd begin to deal with me. See, and that's the point. See, people, and I thank you for saying that, people will leave you that quick, but God is going to continue to work with you. What if I, what if I got up here and I said, you know, one Sunday we're going to worship Jesus and the next Sunday we're going to worship, we're going to worship Allah and, and Muhammad. I mean, that's, a ter- that's terrible, isn't it? I would never do either of those things. But why do I say that? I'm trying to get you to see how hideous it is. How hideous it is what Solomon did. Now just for clarification. Are we going to bring a statue of Buddha in here? No. No. But somebody might come up afterwards and say, did you say you were going to bring a statue of Buddha? No. Are we going to worship Jesus one Sunday and Muhammad the next? No, but that's what Solomon did. That's problems, isn't it? We can learn from these people. But you know what? 
he repented, and you can read it in the book of Ecclesiastes, and God forgave him. I'm convinced of it. I can't, I can't, there's some speculation as to whether or not he repented, but read the book of Ecclesiastes, and you can see that the man repented. And like that video said, he was rich in wisdom, but poor in, poor in his lifestyle, but he repented, and God forgave him, and God used him greatly. I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at that. I don't know that that's recorded. Here, let's do a few more of these. This person blatantly disobeyed God, wanted God to judge and destroy his enemies, went to the lowest depths of the earth, and was upset because God forgave and spared his enemies. Diane? Jonah. Think about that. He blatantly disobeyed God. He wanted God to judge and destroy his enemies. And he got, got in that whale or that big fish's mouth, you know, and went to the lowest, lowest depths of the earth and was upset because God forgave Nineveh. But yet God used him. People with problems. Here's another one. This person hung around with prostitutes. Probably had an alcohol problem. Was, I'm convinced this was an alcoholic. And this person lied and joked about the source of... Of the strength given him by God. Dale. Starts with an S. You're good. Sounds like. No. Samson. Okay. Good. Good. Samson. Now are we condoning prostitution here this morning? Are we? No. But you see Samson had some really, really, really bad problems. Did you know that God knew he was going to have those problems before he ever made him a judge over Israel? And, 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 and listen, his sin cost him. He wound up with his eyes plucked out, grinding at the devil's mill. But, but God still used him and he repented at the very end of his life, right before he died. Thank God he repented. And, and, and his hair began to grow back and his strength came back and, uh, and God forgave him. So we're not condoning these problems. We're just saying God uses problem people. You would be surprised how many people I have run into over just right here at this church over the last two decades of, you know, they won't volunteer for something or whatever and you get right down to it. They say, well, I just don't think I'm qualified. I don't think God would use me. I just don't think I, you know, I've got so many problems that God would never use, use me. Well, you know, get in line. We've all got problems. We're all goofed up. I don't know. I'm goofed up. Are you goofed up? Have you, I'm goofed up, you know. But there's some things about me that God's worked on over the years and he's ungoofed me on some things. You know what I mean? But I still have some issues that I'm dealing with. All right, let's see. A demon-possessed, demon-possessed, we don't know for sure that she was a harlot, but demon-possessed for sure. New Testament now. Uh, A lady, and I see some hands. We're not getting anything over here much. We need to get, come on, guys. Okay, there we go. Who is it? Bonnie, do you have your hands up? Yeah, oh, okay, okay. Demon-possessed, probably a harlot in the New Testament. Okay, Bonnie. Mary Magdalene. 
Jesus cast, how many demons did he cast out of her? Huh? Seven demons. And you know what? She was the first person that, that, that Jesus commissioned to go preach the gospel. But you see, she didn't stay demon-possessed and she didn't stay a harlot if, if she was indeed one. Many theologians think she was. She repented and she loved Jesus and she served him. Uh, this guy here, let me just read him off for the sake of time to speed it up a little bit. This isn't getting old, is it? Okay. This person lived in a cemetery, was demon-possessed. The authorities on many occasions tried to incarcerate him. He was often bound with shackles and chains. He kept breaking the shackles and chains. No one could tame him. Night and day, he was in the mountains in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. I'm going to have to send some of you people to Sunday school to learn the Bible. Okay, Gary. The Maniac of Gadara. And you know what? Most people call this guy the Maniac of Gadara. But do you know what we really should call him? The Evangelist of Decapolis. Because God used him as a mighty evangelist. Yet, think of, think of this. He, was de- he, he had a legion of demons in him. Probably 2,000 demons in him. Jesus set him free. And he became known, everybody, see what people do, see what the devil does and what people do. They'll call him the maniac of Gadara. And I'd say if you had 100 people that knew the story, 99 of them would refer to him as the maniac of Gadara. But why don't we call him what God turned him into, what Jesus turned him into, the evangelist of Decapolis. This next one, indication of being hot-tempered and boisterous in speech was clickish. Don't you hate clicks? You know what I mean? I'm going to run around with these people here, but this new person comes and we're going to like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. We're not going to let him into any of our reindeer games. Little clicks. I don't like that. God doesn't like that either. Clickish. Perhaps this person was even bigoted and perhaps even a snob and wanted a position of notoriety. So hot-tempered, Wanted to call down fire on those who re- he wanted to call down fire on those who refused to receive Jesus, clickish, and he he was he was a uh, he was like an opportunist. He he wanted to be who is it, Diane? No, uh, Trita. No, sorry. Okay, Dorothy. No, no you're getting close. It's John. The apostle of love. The, think about this. The apostle of love. Hot-tempered, boisterous, wanted to call fire down on those who refused to receive Jesus. Clickish. And wanted a position of notoriety. And you know, I preach a sermon. It's one of my, my best sermons. Do you know? See, he had all these problems. But God... Jesus changed him and turned him into the apostle of love. And, 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 I, and I titled the sermon, the heart, be Hearing the Heartbeat of Jesus. Who had their, their ear next to Jesus' chest at the Last Supper? John. So you see, if you'll get close enough to Jesus and hear his heartbeat, he'll change you into the, he'll take all these problems and he'll, 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 he'll remove them and he'll turn you into a person of love. And he turned John in. See, John's known as the apostle of love.
Here's the next one. Quick to shoot off his mouth. First to call Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. Yielded to the devil and rebuked Jesus. Cursed and denied Jesus three times. Think about that. Cursed and denied Jesus three times. Temporarily left the ministry and went back to his secular work. Yet he, okay, who is it, Donna? Peter, the apostle Peter. But yet God used him to preach on the day of Pentecost. And you know something else about Peter that people don't realize? This was after he preached that great sermon on the day of Pentecost. Sometime later, he acted like a hypocrite. And he did not operate in line with the truth of the gospel. And Paul, the apostle, called him out on it. Think about that. The apostle Peter, after he was saved, after he preached the great message on the day of Pentecost, he acted like a hypocrite. Anybody ever act like a hypocrite in here beside me? Are you getting anything out of this? This encouraging you? God uses hypocrites. Yeah, he does. Something different. I preach sermons to you every week. You could get as much out of this as last week. I think we had about 26 scriptures. Today we had one, but something different today. Just something different. We'll, we'll get back to what we normally do next week. But Think about Peter. Peter, we're talking Peter. Do you know who we're talking about here? Acted like a what? Hypocrite. You could read it over in the, in the New Testament. And actually, he led Barnabas astray. Peter. The apostle led Barnabas astray into hypocrisy. You see, they went up to, I guess it was uh, Antioch of, of Pisidia, I believe it was. They went up there and, they, and he, would, he would fellowship with the Gentiles. But when people came from Jerusalem that knew James, Peter with, would withdraw from the Gentiles and only associate with the Jews. And when Paul saw that, he rebuked him publicly, openly. So the Apostle Peter acted like a hypocrite after he was saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and led Barnabas astray. But thank God they repented and they got back on track. Can you say amen? Okay. Well, I got one more. This ought to be easy. This guy here probably had the most problems of them all. All right. Persecuted the church and tried to destroy it. All right, Gene... We've picked on you so bad, we're going to, Saul and Paul, listen to this. The Apostle Paul, the man that God used to write over half of the New Testament, at least, maybe more. He persecuted the church and tried to destroy it. He put Christians in prison and consented to their deaths. He was a blasphemer. He was arrogant, haughty, indeed, in speech. He called himself the chief of sinners but you see, he didn't stay there. See, now this guy here, most people would have never used him. Absolutely not. But God used him. Can you say amen? God saw some good in him. And uh, he was a very educated man. But totally, totally, just to full of problems. Chief of sinners, but he got saved. And you see, after he got saved, you think, well, maybe he was just perfect. He get Paul, Paul the apostle. He's saved, now he's just perfect. No, no. After he got saved, he had a heated argument with uh, 
Barnabas, they got into an argument. I mean, I'm convinced. I mean, Paul and Barnabas, you've heard of Barnabas, haven't you? He's known as the son of encouragement. But Paul wanted to take, uh, Barnabas wanted to take Timothy on the second missionary journey. And Timothy had forsaken him on the first. And so Barnabas wanted to take Timothy. And Paul said, no, we're not taking him. And Barnabas said, yes, we are. And we're talking about two of the leaders in the church. We're talking about the man that wrote nearly two-thirds of the New Testament, give or take. We're talking about that man and Barnabas. They were in, if you would have saw them, I think it would have made all of us shudder. I think they got it. I'm convinced they got in. They had a sharp, the Bible, I believe, says they had a sharp disagreement. I believe they well could have been yelling at one another. We're taking him. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. And I mean into a heated, heated argument. And it got so heated, it got so heated that they parted company. And Barnabas took took uh, Mark, I guess it was. I said Timothy, but I meant Mark. I meant Mark, John Mark. Took him in and uh, Barnabas took Mark and went their way, separated from Paul. I mean, what would you people think if you came in here and you saw me and Dale in a heated argument? I mean, in a heated argument. Or what if you came in here and saw me and Diane before service in a heated argument? Do you think you got to the wrong? But that's just it. And some of you might have had a heated argument before you came this morning. I've already, I've already, I've already seen couples come to church where, you know, they've had yelling matches before they got to church. Well, look at Joyce Meyer. God's using her pretty good. And you wanted to look at a person that had problems. I mean, she's, she probably had as many, if not more than these people in the Bible. Look how God's using her. And she, she'd tell you, she, she'd scream and yell at Dave on the way to church. They'd get in a big fight and a big argument on the way to church. Is, is that right? God's using her okay. But they separated company. But you know what? If you read the Bible very carefully, you'll see later on, later on, and we'll close with this, later on, the Apostle Paul referred affectionately about Barnabas. So they buried the hatchet, didn't they? Didn't they? Yeah. So, I'm certainly not condoning any of these people's problems or sins, nor am I condoning any of my problems or sins, and I'm not condoning any of your problems or sins. We should all endeavor to work on our problems and get them straightened out and repent of any sins. Is that right? However, even with our problems and sins, God can and will use us. Did you get that today? You need to realize this, and I want you to get this. When people would approach God in the Old Testament as they'd come to the temple, we brought this out some weeks ago. I want to bring it out again. They'd bring a lamb, a spotless lamb. And when when, when the people would approach the priest... The priest who represented God wouldn't look at the person. They'd look at the lamb. Okay? they look at the lamb. And, 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 and so 
All the person's problems weren't looked at. The lamb was looked at. And we have a better covenant because when we approach Jesus, he doesn't look at us. He looks at the lamb of God, Jesus, who we trust in. And God doesn't see all of our problems and mistakes. He sees Jesus and accredits that to us. Now, I could not have possibly preached a more encouraging message than what I did today. I, I, you couldn't preach a more, uh, a more encouraging one. It's not by anything we've done. And you see what the devil will come and do. He'll come and he'll start lying to you. He'll say, you're no good, you're no good, you're no good, you're no good. Well, you know what? You're no good, neither am I, in and of ourselves. Can you say amen? amen. You and I, in and of ourselves, are no good. Absolutely. I've got Bible to tell you. You and me put together on our best day, wind up in hell. But isn't it wonderful that Jesus has come and he's washed us and cleansed us and he made us worthy and he made us good and he made us righteous. Can you say amen to that? And so when the devil comes to you and starts lying to you and you know, you did this, you did that, just tell the devil where to go. Just tell him where he's going to go. He's going to hell. Just point that. That's very scriptural. Just tell the devil, well, you're going to wind up in hell. And I'm not because I have Jesus. And there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no what? Condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Did you get anything out of this? All right. Well, you're dismissed. God bless you.